Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode six. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Last week, we spoke about an unorthodox place to start decluttering, your car. Hopefully, you were able to make progress and are enjoying the benefits of decluttering this small space where we spend a lot of time. Remember to post your progress on Instagram by tagging me at simplebyemmy, or you can join my free Facebook group for moms just like you who are looking to declutter with accountability and support. You can find the link for that in today's show notes. Today, I am sharing the easiest way to declutter any space in your home. I alluded to it last week. It goes by many names, such as the container concept, the container rule, or artificial boundaries. But no matter what you call it, it is the most powerful tool I know of to declutter an area quickly and efficiently. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home, calendar, and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Since we already spoke about the car, you may be wondering where to focus on next in your decluttering journey. I mentioned this in episode five briefly, but the bathroom is another excellent place to begin. Why? for the reasons we spoke about in episode four. The bathroom doesn't usually have a lot of items that hold sentimental value for us, so it's easier to make decisions. And we are all about flexing those decision-making muscles so we can get stronger and be able to move on to the items that are a little more tricky. So today I'm going to talk to you about a powerful concept that can make decluttering so much easier for you. And we are going to walk through the example of decluttering your bathroom and a bookshelf together so you can get an idea of how it might work in real life. If you are listening to this podcast and want to declutter your home, chances are that your home is large enough to hold more than just what you need and even what you need and love. Am I right? It is a blessing to have more space than we need, and oftentimes it's easy to forget that when you're drowning in clutter and feel like, oh, if only I had a bigger house, I would feel better. But my dear friend, chances are you don't need a bigger house. You just have too much stuff. So if we have enough space to have what we need, what we love, and also all the stuff we don't really use or need but hang on to anyway, what is our motivation to declutter? What's the harm in having extra stuff if we have the room for it? Well, as we will talk about in a future episode, clutter is not neutral. It has a negative impact on your physical, mental, and emotional health, and the health of our kids. We were not designed to thrive in an environment that is overflowing with stuff, even if we have the square footage in our homes to support it. 
what we need to do is to create artificial boundaries around our stuff and decide on how to contain our stuff in a way that is not cluttered. One of my favorite quotes is from Francine J. Your home is living space, not storage space. Rooms are to be lived in and enjoyed, not closed off because they are overflowing with stuff and you want to ignore it. If you and your family are unable to enjoy the space you have in your home because it's so cluttered, I would highly recommend that you use this container concept to your advantage. One super practical decluttering book that I would recommend is Decluttering at the Speed of Life by Dana K. White. She describes the container concept this way, quote, used properly, containers are limits. They keep clutter from spreading. They keep stuff under proper control by preventing and limiting the expansion of that stuff, end quote. When we decide that a shelf, a bin, a drawer, or something like that is to be used for a certain thing, then we can limit the things to that specific container. Alert, alert, I am not telling you to go to the container store and buy all the bins you can find. In fact, I will never recommend going to the container store. Likely you have containers in your home that you can use, or you can check with neighbors or friends to see if anyone has extra shoe boxes or small Amazon boxes they aren't using. Chances are they probably do. Now that you understand the power of containers and artificial boundaries, we are going to declutter the medicine cabinet of the bathroom together in just a few easy steps. Are you ready? Let's get started. Step number one, open the medicine cabinet slowly in case you have stuff literally falling out and take everything out. Since some bathrooms may be smaller than others, you may want to move everything to a countertop in another room where you can spread everything out without it falling onto the floor. Step number two, go back into the bathroom and wipe down the shelves of the medicine cabinet quickly. Step number three, pick up each item and check the expiration dates and the condition of the item. What we're doing is finding obvious trash, anything that is not usable. And here's a quick side note. If you live in the United States, the Drug Enforcement Agency does a drug take back day a few times a year so you can dispose of unwanted medication safely. I'll link to that in the show notes. Step four, look at what isn't expired and put everything aside that you and your family use on a regular basis. For us, that would be Tylenol, ibuprofen, cold medicine, band-aids, neosporin, the thermometer, those types of things. Once you have everything out that you know that you and your family have used within the last six months or so, bring those items back to the medicine cabinet. Step number five, decide on your container and your artificial boundary. In this case, the medicine cabinet is a pretty set container, right? So you can then decide whether each type of medication is going to get its own section of the cabinet. Maybe this depends on the shelf height or other factors, or maybe you don't care whether the medicine cabinet is organized in a certain way. Remember, it's about what matters to you. So put everything back that you use regularly and see what space is left. Step number six, now that you see what space is left, you can look at the items that you use sometimes but not often and decide what will fit back into the cabinet. If you have multiples of something, put the one with the closest expiration date and put the others aside to be stored elsewhere. If it's something that you needed randomly, 
Consider also storing it somewhere else. The point is that you only fill up the remaining space with the next highest priority items, but that the stuff isn't crammed in there. Step number seven. For the stuff that you want to store elsewhere, decide on a shoebox, a bin, some other container, and find a permanent home for those items. I would recommend putting a note in your phone for three months from now where you can review what's in that container and assess whether you still need it or not. Once we start handling our stuff, we need a system for reviewing the stuff on a regular basis, otherwise known as maintenance decluttering. And we are going to talk about this, you guessed it, in a future episode. Done. Here's why I love the container concept. We start with what we use and what we love. And then if there's room within the container that we've designated, we can add some of the maybes into the mix. When the container is full, that's it. We declutter the rest knowing that we made the decision of what's in there based upon what matters most to us. Besides the medicine cabinet, this can work for your vanity, your makeup bag, really any container that you designate. And you can follow the same process in every area. Isn't that great? I'm going to give you one more example to really drive this process home, but this one is simpler. It's all about library books. How much time of your life have you spent looking for lost library books? Probably a lot. I read that on average, we spend two and a half days a year looking for lost items. So insane. So here's how we handle this issue in our home. In our living room, we have a nine cube bookshelf. Three of these are filled with books for the boys that we own. Two of them are for puzzles. Three of them are for games. That leaves one cube or shelf for library books. This is where the library books live. This is where they sleep at night, not in the boys' rooms, not anywhere else. This is our designated artificial boundary for library books. So when my kids have 20 books on the shelf and want to get more at the library, they have to make decisions about what goes back to the library because everything has to fit comfortably on this one shelf. This is the way I manage library books in our home and it's been incredibly effective. So to recap, because we live in spaces that fit not only what we use and love, but also what we don't need, we need artificial boundaries and containers within those boundaries to keep our stuff in check. The container concept is described succinctly by Dana K. White this way. Quote, accept the limitations of the space you have and declutter enough that your stuff fits comfortably in that space. Notice that word comfortably. You get to decide what that means. So here are our seven steps again. Number one, take everything out. Number two, wipe down the area. Number three, get rid of obvious trash or what you definitely don't want or need. Number four, put everything you use and love aside. Number five, decide on your container and any boundaries within that container, like designated shelves or sections, and put what you use and love back first. Number six, prioritize your maybes and fill the container with whatever else will fit comfortably. Number seven, decide what you will do with the excess. Donate it, store it, and also make sure you come up with a plan for reviewing it on a regular basis. I really hope this is helpful for you and would love if you came over to the free Facebook group so we could work through this process together. You can go to tinyurl.com slash moms overcoming overwhelm. Next week, we are going to talk about why it's so important that everything has its own home within your home. I look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Bye for now.
If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.